is your host, Jesse Rogers, back in the studio with Tyler Nye and Jonathan Palazzolo, fresh off a Pelicans win. How you guys doing tonight? God damn it, dude. I am fucking tired because <laughs> I didn't sleep at all last night after that goddamn win. I don't know about y'all, but uh, yeah. I had trouble falling asleep. I was watching every every highlight, every tweet, every everything, man, I was watching, so... I was hyped last night. I wish we did the podcast last night, <laughs> but it's all good, man. It's it's still fun. Yeah, I was uh, tired myself because I had to prep for a speech the night before, so I was up till 3 in the morning. I had to wake up uh, at like 7.38, and then I was really tired, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit some coffee up before this game. Uh, did that. After the game, I was like, well, I didn't need that coffee because now, like, I am wired. And I was just mm-hmm. pretty much scrolling Twitter, Reddit, you name it, uh, all night, all night. I don't even know when I went to bed, but I feel you, Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a long night for me, too. Like I said, I, I just, it, it was hard to, like, to not look for content after that win. Um, and especially because, you know, it was such a, it, it was... Me, me and Jonathan both texted, texted our like group chat. It was like before the game was like, we have a good feeling about this game. And for them to come out and win it was just huge, you know, um, especially the way they did 125 to 114. Um, and, and BI was, I mean, more than fantastic. He was, he was that fucking guy last night. I mean, Brandon Ingram has to be like the number one story for me right now. There's a, there's a million stories we can talk about, but uh, after that game, the transformation, and I don't even want to say arrival, man, because we've seen this Brandon Ingram before, right? Like uh, us three have seen it, but yeah. Yeah. For, him, for him to do it on the national stage against one of, if not the best team in the league, um, damn, that felt good to see him succeed on such a big level. He was flirting with his first triple double. If Herb Jones would have made that layup, but he got fouled. If he would have made that layup, he would have had a triple double. But Brandon Ingram. And I love what Larry Nance said. At the end of the game today, the best player that was on the court was Brandon Ingram. And he kind of, at times, man, just was like, I'm not losing this game. Like, I'm, give me the ball. I'm not losing this game. And it was nice to see the team say, okay. <laughs> and I almost felt like every shot he took was still good. Like, it was not, nothing felt forced. Everything felt smooth. And Brandon, Brandon Ingram was the, the top story for me, man. Uh, it's really hard to disagree with that, um, especially because, and people would probably argue with you on that point of him being the best player on the court, especially with Devin Booker's explosive first half. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't just scoring what B.I. did. It was, he was creating for others. Um, it was his aggressiveness. It was uh, manipulating the defense to fit what he wanted. Um I think we're going to talk about Willie Green's adjustments tonight, but I don't know if this is something the coach has told Brandon or Brandon realizes it himself or a combination of the two, which is what I would guess. But Brandon adjusted immediately within, I, I guess, two quarters to the physicality of Phoenix and what they were trying to do by throwing every wing they had at him. And he's dominating. Uh, probably... Uh, one of the best overall teams as far as depth in the league and like what they can throw at you wing wise. I would I'm probably Milwaukee's probably the only one that could really give him some issues, but uh, it's just, it's insane what he's doing. Um, 
And I, people were talking about, yeah, B.I.'s hitting tough shots. He's hitting tough shots. He's not going to be able to do that next time. It's like, man, y'all haven't watched B.I. all season because this has been this new transformed B.I. But, hey, you know, Andrew Wiggins is the uh, starting all-star small how, forward. So. How, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you say that, Tyler? I'm so pissed still uh, about that. I bring it up whenever I can. Dude, and I hate this. I hate this stat, man. Like, I'm not a plus-minus guy because – you can be a, an absolute beast on a terrible team and your plus minus is bad. But I mean, for all that Devin Booker was doing to us, he was still a net negative. He was at minus six plus minus on the court um, before he got injured. And I think Brandon Ingram before he got injured was like a plus 10 or something like that. Ended up being a plus 18 overall. But still, like, yeah, Devin Booker went full nuclear, but that this game and, and those moments are kind of uh, just representative of our season, dude. We take punch after punch. We take lick after lick. And, dude, we just don't... I, oh, my God, I'm about to say it. We don't bow down. And... Ew. I know. I felt gross. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like a shiver down my spine just now when I said it. But It's crazy we, that, ironically, you're right. But we haven't, man. And I'm just like... I, I, like my years past, especially last year and the year before, like I'm waiting for it. Like I'm waiting for us to stop fighting. I, it's like PTSD, but we just don't, dude. We don't, and I love it. And every every minute of every game, even the first game, I felt confident, and it felt good. To, it felt good to get that win, man. It felt it felt so good. And so now we're looking at the next game and Devin Booker potentially out for games three and four in New Orleans. Um, that's a huge storyline. I mean, you know, I, I know some people are saying that's the only reason why we won. That's bullshit. I mean, we're we're down our best player, too, or one of our best players. And I, I just think for the Pelicans, they need to, like, maybe not focus on the fact that Devin Booker is not going to be there and just play their game. Just play this their style of basketball, and then that gives them the best shot to win. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Uh, who cares that Devin Booker is out? This is you're not the number one seed because you have one superstar, right? Like you don't have the best record in a league because of one player. Collectively, Phoenix Suns are ridiculously talented. They're ridiculously deep, um, and they're led by the point god, Chris Paul. So. Does it change a little bit for us? Absolutely. But does it change the level of intensity or our level of execution on either end? Absolutely not. Um, I think the only thing, and Tyler, I, I don't, you might have a little bit better insight than I do with this, but I think that's going to mean that uh, Herb Jones probably primarily sticks Chris Paul. And who, whatever guard comes in, I'm guessing Cameron Payne. Um, who knows which way they'll go? We'll see. Uh, I think they went with a little bit more Landry Shamit just for the shooting when Devin Booker came out. But whoever, uh, whatever guard they bring off the bench, you could probably see CJ on him. So maybe more Herb Jones minutes on Chris Paul. But as far as anything else, I can't see us changing our execution on either end much at all, if any. Um. Yeah, I mean, probably the guy that would start would probably be Cam Johnson, mm. I would say, um, considering he's the one who's probably the most minutes for them coming off the bench and kind of would fit in uh, Booker's role a little bit as far as uh, scoring pop and stretching the floor. Um, actually, with the Herb and Chris Paul thing, uh, Willie's kind of gone to that since game one. Um, 
And it was something I actually wanted to discuss on the pod, but I I think a lot of people are like, why isn't he, you know, consistently sticking Devin Booker? And I think the the reason is is because Willie knows this roster, the Phoenix Suns roster, better than any other opposing team possible in the NBA. Why? Because he was a head assistant coach on the exact same roster last year. And he knows what gets that team ticking, and it's Chris Paul. Um, when Devin Booker's hot, as we saw in game two, you can potentially survive those stretches. But when Chris Paul is on and he's dictating the flow of the game, uh, it's game over. You know, uh, everybody's better, including Booker. Um, and it just makes the, it just makes the game easier. And then once he gets ahead, uh, it's just really hard. He just knows how to dictate how the game's going to go at that point. It's like, okay, now I'm not going to give you all a chance to come back up with these runs because I'm going to slow the game down. I'm going to make sure we get fouls. I'm going to start playing through the pros, through the big. Oh, we need a quick shot? I'll get it for us. You know, and I think throwing Herb on him really can disrupt that side of the offense. Nothing you can really do about Devin Booker's shot-making skill because he's that damn good. But um, Chris Paul, at his age, uh, you can do something about. And you saw when they had to rely on Chris Paul last night, um, it was kind of uh, crazy how they just kept going under the screen. And I thought they were messing up because they had a few defensive mess-ups last night. Um, but I think it was by design. I think they were just letting Chris Paul shoot at the end of the game. Um, and that was funny because Chris Paul had mentioned that Willie was screaming at the players to go under in game one. So I thought they were going to adjust, but obviously Willie wants Chris Paul to shoot. So I think that's interesting as well. Well, uh, Chris Paul looked Chris Paul looked really tired, really yeah. tired at the end of that game. So maybe he just he was like, yo, you got tired legs. Hit a shot and see what happens. But yeah, every time we go to drop, it makes me nervous. Well, that's what I love about what we did with Willie kind of going against the flow and deciding to stick with Hayes against, you know, my judgment. So I'm not going to sit here and say, like, you know, I knew we should do that. But, you know, you make those guys run, make them uncomfortable. Like, and maybe you can't do that through uh, moving the ball over, over the floor and shoot the open three and having them run, but you can do it a different way. They stretched the defense instead of in the half court. They stretched it full court, you know, and had uh, – I, I forget the guy's name. I think it's uh, Will Hayes or something on Twitter. But he put, like, you know, Devin Booker uh, hurt his hamstring trying to chase 6'11 Randy Moss on a go route. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, thought that was genius, but he's right. And I think that was by design, you know, and they're like, uh, I've seen a couple of people talking about cherry picking. It's like, no, man, they just like, it's like, okay, we weren't paying attention to Jackson Hayes by design. They weren't paying attention to Jackson Hayes. And now he's running up the floor and somebody's like, oh shit, we actually got to pay attention to him now. And that was opening up stuff for BI and CJ and uh, pretty, pretty big move. Um, thinking about it. So I think I think Willie Green man is my second biggest story from this game. Too. Um and I hate to rank him man it's very difficult to rank but Willie Green does this thing that we find extremely frustrating watching as fans. He trusts his guys. And it's very easy and I am guilty as all hell sitting behind Twitter and pretending like I know more than coach Green. But at the end of the day, man, he understands or seems to understand 
the human element of this game more than we'll ever know watching and analyzing and doing any type of statistical analysis on the game. Like, we watch these games and we see how bad uh, Jackson Hayes is playing. Statistically, we see how terrible his production has been on the court. We see how amazing Trey Murphy has been. And what does Willie Green say in the interviews? No, we trust Hayes. You know, like yeah. straight up, just straight up, just like, no, no, we, we know what position he's in. We trust him. He's going to be all right. We trust. And then Hayes comes out and fucking has a four minute stretch of straight heavenly bliss of basketball that I've ever seen. <laughs> like, and then you look at Willie Green and you're like, this son of a bitch. Maybe he does know what he's talking about compared to what I do, you know? So he trusts his players, man. He made uh, a lot of really beautiful you can't even call it, I guess you can call it adjustments, but really beautiful decisions uh, in game one and game two, and it's playing dividends. And maybe maybe that's just because he knows Phoenix Suns extremely well, but I mean, fuck, he did it in the playing, both playing games. He made beautiful adjustments, and here he is game two. And man, I mean, you can credit some of his adjustments and B.I.'s play and, and a lot of these things to to the fucking win and we're coming back to New Orleans with home court advantage. That's, that's unreal to me, man. So another play I want to kind of get into, you know, get into tonight is um, Larry Nance. I feel like he's kind of really excelled in his position here. Um, whether it's on the offensive end or the defensive end, I just feel like he's really coming into his own and, and kind of looking like the, the old Larry Nance that we were hoping to get. Yeah. I mean, kudos to Tyler for saying that Larry Nance was going to make a difference on his team, man, because I just didn't see it, you know, I'm like, this dude's coming off a knee injury, you know, uh, Jonas has been playing really good at the starting center, Hayes had a good stretch, uh, Willie, uh, Billy Hurd and Gomez had a few games right before we got him where I'm like, okay, Billy can actually start in this league, uh, but goddamn, like Larry Nance, the, 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 when the lights come on, this dude has proven his worth. I mean, giving us 20 minutes a night, giving us rebounds, giving us good defense, giving us smart decisions, and pulling, putting up a lot more of a, a lot more points than I was expecting as well. Now, they were hunting him a little bit on defense, but I mean, overall, his productivity um, in the playing games and the playoffs are, are showing uh, how valuable he is to this team. And I honestly think this dude has a, a future with the Pelicans. Like, I, I want him to be here long term. And, He's showing his worth for sure. Yeah, I mean, he he's really our only big as far as that can play the five position currently that can help play switch-style defense. Um, Jonas pretty much can. He doesn't have the foot speed, but Larry can. Now, you see the interesting thing with Jax is, is Jax was starting to show that again last night, which I was hoping yeah. to see from him, um, but we haven't been seeing. But... Uh, it's really important in playoff basketball, if you don't know, uh, to be able to play switch-style defense, and that's why you see a lot less minutes um, from the bigs like Jonas. And you can see in Memphis, Stephen Adams is getting, you know, pretty much no time. Um, that's just that's just how it goes in the playoffs because it really boils down to a lot of physicality uh, that you can't get away with in the uh, regular season, and just giving it to your best players and making them do what they do. You know, I mean, 
the best games we've seen from B.I. has pretty much been in this playoff stretch, has it not? I, you know, um, but to the Larry Nance point, I, I just think it's really impressive, like his composure in the game, because I think if I'm not mistaken, this is like his first time in the playoffs. No, he had that. He was with Cleveland uh, when they know, lost. When it, got, it when it got swept. Yeah, when it got swept okay. by Golden State. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is his second time in the playoffs. But like, man's got a lot of composure. Like, you know, he's been been doing it for a while. Um, really impressed with that, and just how quickly he's adapted to our defensive philosophy. Because really, he's only been practicing with the team for, been playing and practicing with the team for a month now. Um, and he really seems to know what he, he's doing on that end. So I'm just really impressed with that. And again, he provides athleticism that Phoenix kind of doesn't have besides JaVale. So like mm-hmm. you're throwing Jackson Hayes, you're throwing Trey, you're throwing Larry, you're throwing these explosive jumpers. Uh, they're coming in on the boards and it's a lot for, you know, even Aiden to handle. So um, I just really like the way they're crashing the boards, setting screens, uh, rolling down. Um, and then when they do get the ball, they make a, like Larry makes a play. I think he had like a nice little, turnaround post spin yeah uh, his shot is kind of like ugh, in my opinion <laughs> yeah, but it is uh it works so i'm not you know fuck it and he he's he's got a stroke on him when it comes to three i think his three-point shot looks better than anything else uh, <laughs> i don't know if that's just me but uh, that thing's ugly i but, trust Larry, man i mean yeah. just I, i'm i think thoroughly surprised he was a throw-in in that trade yeah i think you know, a lot of people talk about getting a rim protector for this team. I would be okay if the Pelicans went into next season, even with Zion, and said, yeah, it's going to be um, Jonas and Larry uh, again, or have Larry as insurance for Zion or something yeah, like dude, that. Yeah, with the amount of injuries we deal with, I'm, I'm all about depth, especially in the front court, right? Like, we brought in Lowry when I thought we didn't have any minutes at the front court position, and all of a sudden he's playing 20 minutes per game in a playoff series, uh, the biggest playoff series in my opinion in Pelicans history. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm all about front court depth. So even if we if we do bring it in, not uh, if we do bring in another guy, I'm cool with that. But if not, we're adding another guy in Zion. Um, and I, I still think Lowry gets minutes, man. I mean, I think we just need the depth. Yeah, he was setting some really good picks for Bi last yeah. night. Uh, like mm-hmm. B.I. would actually get get the first pick and he'd reset and he'd be like, come back. Larry'd come back, set the second pick, and he would just like stonewall the guy. And B.I.'s got easy looks uh, yeah. off of it. And it's just, it really makes you like, and you know, and the chemistry with C.J. is already there too. Um, yeah, he does. He's clear. About him. He's been a yeah. huge piece for this mm-hmm. playoff run. And so how do y'all feel about C.J.'s play lately? Um seems like he's just been like a little off, but it also seems like he's close to having that CJ moment, you know, that CJ game. Yeah, man, I was talking to, I mean, I was talking to my guy Ricky Kreps about this because I was texting him uh, kind of in a separate group thread. I was like, dude, what is wrong with CJ, man? You know, he had like three, he only had three turnovers, but man, it th- three really bad looking turnovers at one point. Um he was one f- one for eight from uh, inside the three-point arc, so he was having trouble finishing layups. 
He was missing his mid-range shots. That's normally money. But then you look at it, and he shoots six, six of 10 from three-point land and ends up with 23 points and nine assists. So, man, like, it's actually nice to see C.J. McCollum's bad game have a huge impact regardless, right? Just, just him being there has a huge impact. So I thought this was a very, overall, it, it seemed like this was a bad game from CJ, but then like you look at the stats and then you look at the shots that he made in the fourth quarter. Mm. Oh my goodness. Like, fuck. I, I guess, you know, once again, I'm saying this quite often in this podcast, whenever I say something bad, the dude ends up proving me wrong. So uh, yeah, CJ had a rough night, I thought tonight, but again, just, I don't know, man, just brings an element to this team that we need. And, when it mattered the most in the fourth quarter, he stepped up and made some big-time money shots. Yeah, and just looking back at his stats, I mean, he was just as close to a triple-double as B.I., right? So he had 23, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I don't know what it is with this team. We just can't ever get a guy to get a triple-double, right? We're always, like, one or hmm. two away, especially B.I., right? Like, I think he had, like, three or four games this year where he was, you know, close to getting his first triple-double but just couldn't snag that extra rebound. But, no, I mean, you're totally right about that. I felt like... You know, he made some, like, plays or some bad passes that came at, like, some really bad times. And so, recency bias, you're like, man, he had a bad game. But then you go look at the box score and you're like, uh, well, I was wrong. He clearly had a, a pretty good game. Well, yeah, I mean, you can go, you can look at the stats and the eye test can tell you something different, you know, as, as people usually say with that. But, uh, I mean, we talk about with this team, with, the fight that they have and I think that's going to be the theme of this team when we look back on them you know years down the road is the fight that this team had um I mean CJ's one of the leaders in that. <laughs> like you could tell CJ and BI and you know these guys are trying to create all the offense for our team right now which is uh they're doing it they're they're carrying that load and um you could tell he's tired and then CJ just gets the ball and he pulls up and you're like oh shit dude and it just goes in and you're like, okay, all right. Yeah. And then he does it again. And then he does it again. And you're like, holy shit. You know, like this dude, like is, he's cold blooded, dude. Him and BI. I mean, like the, they're such a perfect match. Like it's crazy. Like how different their like profiles are as like physicality and stuff. And yet how similar they are um, as like play styles. But like CJ just does not, if you give him, a little space on the top of the arc. He's just going to pull it. <laughs> <laughs> I and love it. It. Just, it just goes in, man. And I, and, and I think he's struggling a little bit, like trying to play make for others, but they really are. And that's why I was so worried about Jackson Hayes playing again. They really are attacking him uh, when he's, when he's coming past the half court point, they're just throwing bodies at him. Um, and, you're like, oh, well, why can't we do that to Phoenix? It's hard to do when it's, you know, point guard Chris Paul and you got a guy, right. Booker, who basically just gets anywhere you know, on pin the court. Downs and yeah. Runs. yeah, you can't double a guy running off actions on the other side of the court. You know, like, doesn't happen. So uh, CJ and BI are seeing a lot of that. And, you know, kudos to them and Willie for adjusting to it. And just like, you know, it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. I mean, people don't understand how hard it is to just be like, yeah, I'm going to pull up right here. Because it's like a split second, you know. And CJ just recognizes and just does it. He, that's what playoff experience does. Like, CJ's got that. And 
it's so valuable for these young guys like Trey and Jose to see that and just experience that against the best team in the NBA. I mean, we could talk about that later, but it's so valuable, and CJ's leading that. And so going into tomorrow, well, yeah, tomorrow night, right? Or was it Friday? Friday night. What needs to, I guess, what what needs to happen to make sure we get another win? Is it just staying locked down on defense? Is it scoring more in transition, what we have with Hayes? Or does the game plan look a little different now that you don't have to account for Booker? I... Uh, Oh, go ahead. I don't think the game plan changes at all, man. But I, I, I'm nervous. Like I, I, I texted you guys. I feel I might throw up. Like I might throw up watching this game. That's how, <laughs> like that's how nervous I am. That's how much I care about these fucking Pelicans, man. And that's also, like, that's just kudos to, to like our rookies as well, right? Like we got to watch them grow. We're we're playing three rookies, and everybody saw this stat. We have more rookie minutes in the playoffs than all the other teams combined. And there's something about watching a team grow and watching a team go through the struggles together and watching Jose Alvarado uh, fight his way for minutes from the G League and Trey Murphy getting benched and not even hearing about him for months at a time. And now he's putting up 20 minutes in a playoff game. And Herb Jones, second-round rookie, leading... Yeah the team in minutes unreal i mean so i think the narratives just have to stay the same at home we have to i think we still have to rely on bi heavily i think we need cj to be our point guard uh, point guard and step up when we need him the most we need our rookies to keep balling out dude and i'm surprised they balled out on the road man that was weird but throughout the season we seem to have stepped up more on the road than we have at home Let's hope that's not the case with the crowd. The crowd is going to be absolutely insane. It's a late game. They're going to be tipsy already. It's So I just want whatever narratives that we took from Phoenix, Brandon Ingram being a boss, CJ McCollum leading his team with big shots, our rookie trio putting up the most minutes in the league and being effective, Herb Jones being a defensive shutdown, like all these things. Larry Nance being that pre- that that presence off the bench, Jonas Valanciunas being a rebounding god. All those narratives have to stay the same. If not, there's a chance we could lose these, right? Like if any of those things take a dip, Phoenix Suns can take advantage and and steal a W at home and get home court advantage. So, man, there's so many narratives to look at. I'm just I'm just excited. I think the biggest thing I want to see is is how what is that crowd like in the Smoothie King Arena? Yeah. What would how is that going to affect us? How is that going to affect them? And I hope we react positively to it. Um, so I don't have to throw up, you know. So I, if I do, it's just it's a positive, it's a positive throw up, if that's right. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest okay. thing, I think the biggest thing going into the next game, right, is like making sure we put enough pressure on them to where Chris Paul has to play 40 minutes a night. Mm. I think the more minutes you log on Chris Paul these next couple of games, I think the better off you are, right? Like wear him down. Um, that's, I think that's, you know, if, if he's wore out and he starts to fall apart a little bit, kind of like last game, five for 16, um, you know, that that's just huge for us. You know, I mean, there's nothing you can do about De- Devin Booker. I mean, he's going to get his, 
But I think if you can wear Chris Paul down and make him go seven, you know, if if we it, look, I'd love to finish it even earlier, right? But if it does go seven, make sure you put as many minutes on his legs as possible. That way, when it does get there, you know, it's a little bit tougher for him. Um, you know, I, I just think he he's the reason why we lost that first game. I thought we could have came back, but he he kind of put the nail in the coffin on us. But, you know, this last game, you could kind of see, you know, 36 minutes was kind of weighing on him. So hopefully we can continue to just kind of wear him down and make somebody else on that team beat us. You know, make make Jay Crowder step up, you know, make Mikhail Bridges beat us, you know, somebody else other than Paul or Booker. Uh, Yeah, and I think that's my thing is that, to be honest, I think Phoenix kind of took us for granted a little bit. Um, you know, they coming in on a high, you know, they're feeling good. They're the best team in the NBA first rounder. Okay, we're playing the 36 and 46 Pelicans. Like, you know, uh, it's good to see Willie, but we're about to stomp them in the ground. And, you know, why wouldn't they think that? That's that's fair. But And I, I think a lot of people think the same thing. It's like, okay, hold up. They got CJ, B.I., uh, wait, these guys can hit shots. Okay, well, you know, they got some rookies, but just take advantage of them. Oh, shit, we can't do that with Herb, you know. Okay, well, they, they got them coming in off the bench. We'll we'll target them. Up, oh, you know, one of them's a knockdown shooter that's shooting over 40%. Another one's a, a hound on defense, maybe not as good as Herb, obviously, but is bringing an effort and an IQ to the game that is not rookie typical. Um, and I think, the thing that was obvious for that is one of the reasons we were so good in transition is because, you know, Monty said it. He's like, this is the worst transition D, you know, we played all season. And that comes from not only not paying attention to guys like Hayes because they didn't take Hayes serious in the first game, but I just don't think they thought we had it in us, you know. And I think us three knew, and a lot of Pelicans people in general knew after seeing that second half in the first game, that it was within us that, hey, that that second half in the first quarter, that looked more like the Pelicans in the first half. The first half just looked like we didn't know what we were doing, you know. So uh, to answer the question, I think it is going to come down to more transition, uh, but that happens on the defensive end. So continuing to play defense, force them to get uncomfortable, make them take shots. Uh, that's not their first option like they try to do us with Herb. And kudos to Herb for hitting threes uh when when he had to um last night but it's making them uncomfortable uh so i think the guys you really want to see them try to play through is deandre ayton um i think that's probably what they're going to do they're going to give him more of an offensive focus they're going to look to spread the ball around the floor more and let guys like cam johnson and mikhail shoot the ball more um i bet you'll see a bigger role from uh pain as well uh, so they're going to be playing a lot more team-style basketball than, hey, Devin Booker, you know, do your thing. So I think it's just going to be really important to continue that team defense um, and aggressiveness that we're showing on the switch-style defense. So I think Hayes is going to be important to play like he played the other night defensively even more than his offensive stretch. And then um, continue to just guys like B.I. and C.J. just – give it your best. Like they're not going to be the best defenders out there, but they're playing great defense. And I think that's something else you got to give Willie a lot of credit for. I want to, I want to see that, that same energy. Like you could tell the energy from the second that the game started in game two, the energy was high on yep. both ends of the court. Let, let's see if we can even 
but like let's see if we can up that now that we're at home I right think let's, they, let's, let's I see think if we can, can increase it yeah yeah i, I told y'all this but i actually think being young we have an advantage because it was like after that first half it's like okay y'all are getting physical with us that's fine we'll do it right back like you know because when they're young like that they don't give a shit like it don't hurt you know jackson hayes is basically uh a gummy worm the dude just bounces everywhere and hits the ground and like gets right back up okay and then just runs like a gazelle down the floor and just like dunks on you and blocks a shot and just you know these guys like these like trey murphy jose herb they just see the channel okay we're playing physical now good let's do it you know and a lot of teams i think would kind of like fold after that and they didn't and it kind of punched phoenix in the mouth and i think it's we have to keep doing that yeah and i think another thing too going back to like the first game right in the first half when we just got shocked i think a lot of it had to do with what like 90 percent of our team has no playoff experience right like none well, well not only that think about our stretch before that game wise we played a game yeah. basically every other day in playoff atmosphere style basketball probably did not get the chance to game plan very well for what Phoenix was going to do. Um, and, you know, the players had to adjust uh, to the style of physicality there was. But, you know, I think Willie had said it. They had been playing ba- playoff basketball for weeks now. So as far as the the moments and just, like, the pressure of the situation, they were already ready for that. They just had to adjust to the physicality, I think. And once they did... You know, they said, "Is that's the bet you got? We'll do it right back." And I just, I have, I haven't seen that from a Pelicans team. Uh, definitely wouldn't see that from AD. But I just, I think had it's to say his goddamn name. I'm sorry. It's all good. So, well, all look, good. man. Like, as far as that win, I mean, I, I know we were supposed to be talking about the game, but that win, it besides, I guess the maybe in the Portland series, but I, I really think that's one of the biggest wins in Pelicans history. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, a lot of fans, like, you know, who would make fun of that, but, I mean, fuck them. I don't care. Uh, like, that, that's s- such a big win. And, like, the circumstances and just all the storylines around this team and where we've come and, I mean, the rookies playing and stuff like that. It's just, I- I'm going to remember that forever. Like, it can't be overstated, you know. Even if the series ended four-one, we lost. Uh, that win is still that big, I think. So, yeah. So Willie Green lifetime contract. Yeah, it's not signed already. <laughs> no, Man. I mean he's just been to to go from from Stan Van Gundy to to Willie to where you can just tell every single player wants to put it all in the court from every night. I mean it's huge. I mean he's. I I I expected like big things from him, but I I really I, I can't overstate it enough how big he is for this franchise. I mean, I I hate to give David Griffin credit, but a home run fucking higher. Yeah, and I mean, God, dude, I love I love those locker room celebrations so much. Just seeing how Willie Green interacts with the team, seeing how Teresa Weatherspoon reacts to the team, see how the team reacts with each other. I mean, it all. It all stems from Willie Green, and it, I think Josh Hart's comments really opened my eyes to that a lot more than uh, it would have without them. We had Teresa Weatherspoon last year, right? We had a lot of these players here last year. Um, Willie Green brings it together and makes 
basketball fun. And and like I said, man, a lot of times we get very caught up in the analytics side of things and trying to determine uh, what's the best fit and things like that statistically. But Willie Green, obviously, man, just obviously is a pro at getting the most out of human beings and being a leader amongst human beings and that element of it man you can't you can't measure that um i know we're measuring it right now in playoff victories which i fucking love but it's hard to measure what he brings to the table and the only way you can really describe it is is by show i mean really just showing people how this team interacts and the complete 180 turn uh from the vibes that we had last year right like the jj reddick this team doesn't talk uh they they don't hang out and it's quiet on the planes. You think the planes are fucking quiet now, ladies and gentlemen? Hell no. no. There's not a quiet moment on this team. So, sh- I mean, again, I- I'm kind of rambling now because I'm I'm fucking smitten over Willie Green, man. I'm naming my second born Willie Green, and uh, one name, just one long. It's just no no spaces between it. Just Willie Green, and uh, yeah, I love him, man. And and what a fit. What a fit. What a turnaround, regardless if we don't win another game or not. I mean, what a fucking season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anybody going to the game? I, I, I checked in on tickets, and they were not cheap. Mm. Yes, I am going to both. Okay, nice. I had nice. I had to turn down some tickets, man. I'll be in Tennessee. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch the game, fellas. That's going to kill me. Oh, I have man. A, I, have a, I have a flight to catch at 5 in the morning. Um, so I'll be in Tennessee from Thursday to Tuesday. So I'm hoping I can sneak out and uh, maybe go to, I don't know, maybe go to a bar and see if they'll put the game on for me. We'll see. Shit, but watch that as of right now, phone. as of right now, it's going to be very, very difficult for me to watch, even on my phone. God, but we'll man, see. That sucks. I know. We'll see. We'll see, man. I've been feeling this is the most fun I've had watching the Pelicans probably ever, man. So yeah. I, I'm a, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my crack fix in, some way somehow. Yeah. Can I say about Willie Green before we go on? Um, just real quick, I don't. I don't think we talked about this. Maybe we did or didn't talk about this enough. But Willie Green's, uh, what he's done as far as defensively to everybody on the team. Um, this is not the best defensive team in the league, but the fact that he's gotten, like you said, Jonathan, the buy-in uh, that Stan Van Gundy obviously couldn't uh, with Bi and even CJ and them to play defense uh, and contest all the way even to the rim. Um, which made it, which made a huge difference last night. I thought uh, to get guys like Bi, CJ, uh, progress Trey defensively. Um, I mean, who knows how good Herb is uh, without him? I'm sure he's still amazing. Uh, but gotta give him credit. And you just wonder, like, if you fit all the pieces together, can Willie bring that out in everybody? Um, and it'll be really interesting to see if a certain player. Uh, his defense's potential is realized like we thought it might when it came from a certain all-time great college season. Not going to name the player, but I'll let y'all guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm not yeah. even getting into that because nope, I'm, I'm not. Trying, I'm, yeah. That's I, why I didn't say it. That's why I didn't I, say it. I keep, I keep seeing, uh, you know, little murmurs on Twitter, and I'm just like, I'm not even getting into that. Like it's i can't man i can't nope. anymore i'm focusing my energy on the guys who are playing and just, if we get them back but, we get them back but yeah i mean the focus is just on like willie's buy in and i think that also 
directly connects to his leadership skills um, and his ability to motivate and stay calm and, you know, show these guys, like, hey, you listen to me. This is how we're going to win. Like, no, like, coach PR bullshit. Like, he's just real as hell with them guys. And they respect that. Um, and they follow that. They, they're following him. Uh, so, it, lifetime contract, man. I'll follow him wherever he wants me to go. At we need point. a. I wanted to say, uh, can we make the? Uh, we got to fight our theme somehow. Can oh, man. oh yeah, what a, what a, I'll get it done. Yeah. I'll get it done. Yeah. He said, "I'll get it done." I'll get it done. But yeah, Willie. So that's gonna be it so, for this episode, right? I think so, man. Yeah, uh, I mean, so so what we have? They finally have more than one night of rest. So yeah. we're recording this on Wednesday. They'll have Thursday off, and then they have ba- all day Friday. It's a Friday night game, man. So, fuck, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited, and uh, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see and read and watch all the video. I hope everybody posts a bunch of videos of what the Smoothie King Center looks like. I hope they sell standing room only tickets. Everything, man. I think it's gonna be uh, one of the funnest nights in Pelicans history. Is Especially coming off a win like that, man, everybody's just ready to go out there. They need to do, they need to open up. And this is my last little point for the Pelicans is they just need to open up Champion Square and host a watch yeah. party outside the arena yeah, for people who. They should. I mean, dude, it, it, it can only be beneficial. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're only going to make money with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, set up your beer stands, set up your food stands, you know, drop the screen from the stage and let people watch the game together. You know, I mean, instead of having all these little watch parties everywhere. You could just have one giant watch party at Champion Square, you know. I mean, just do it. They need they need to announce it soon because uh, I this is gonna doubt they do. It's gonna be a huge. Series. This would be. Oh, I mean, it's a huge, huge uh, home game, man. And I, I don't feel know. like you I think could. If it, if it went six or seven, you know, and we're on we're on the road. Yeah, seven, uh, yeah. So if I could see it. if we take these next two, right? It, like just hypothetically speaking, right? I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but if we take these next yeah. two, yeah. and we have a chance to close it out in Phoenix. I think they do it. Yeah, they'll they'll hold a big ass watch party for sure. I'll be there. I need to get some. I need to get some Pelican shirts so bad, but I can't get jerseys. No, dude. No, somebody. Curse. Somebody said that, uh, dude. If we having all these watch parties, man, I need to get some more Pelicans gear. Yeah, <laughs> everybody. Everybody's like, wearing the same shit over and over again. Over, I, I got and like. Dude, I, and I want to get like a Bi City Edition jersey so bad, but uh-huh. I can't. I can't get the jersey. Tyler has. Tyler has. I have to just get regular. the worst jersey curse in the history of sports. That's yeah, why I got it. Uh, probably except for, probably except for Saints. I, I wouldn't be related to say something with the Pelicans for some reason because you know I got jerseys of Kamara and Breeze and it's been fine, but. Uh, as far as like the Pelicans, yeah, like my jerseys have only ever. Tyler, been. this is this is what you do, dude. You just get a you get a custom jersey, put your name on the back of it. Fuck, well, all three of us will get custom jersey. We'll put Pelly Pot on the back of it. Yeah, uh, that would be kind of cool. That. That'd be kind of cool. That. Yeah, maybe when we do like a jersey change next season, let's see what them new jerseys are. Yeah, oh, we'll, true. And then we'll have a uh, what we'll earned have an earned jersey. Yeah, so we'll have four jerseys yeah. next year. Ooh, That's boy. gonna be a oh Ooh, boy. boy. Hold on, my pocket might be hurting next year, dude. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, uh, all right. When Jesse had said that, it like kind of clicked in my head today, and I was like, you know what? I need to take that Zion jersey and throw it in the trash. 
Yeah. I said I wasn't going to say his name on this. Fucking yeah, it's pod. too late. But God damn it. Do what you got to do. Maybe, maybe that'll be the good juju that gets him back. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, y'all. Well, I'm ready, man. I'm excited. All right. Well, on to Friday. Later, y'all.